pinball world and welcome to another episode of the classic pinball podcast my name is george and today i'm joined by my co-host dave hello dave hello george folks my wife and i had uh, dave and his lovely wife maureen over the other night for dinner they happened to be in my town servicing a pinball machine so we're going to start the show with dave talking a little bit about that we will uh talk about rush in a little bit but first dave why don't you tell us a little bit about your service call here in southern new hampshire it was a red and ted's road show but this one was more of a red and ted's road rash i would say because it uh, it was hurting and uh this is as a it was a re-import and overseas back in the day i don't know if they didn't have access to parts or whatever but they got kind of creative and kind of it's kind of hackorama inside this game so we spent about seven hours there and pretty much got it good to go. A couple more opto problems it has. So I got to go back and do some more work on it, but uh, brought it back from the dead anyway. And um, yeah, this has a, you know, Roadshow is kind of like, sort of like Funhouse version two, sort of kind of because two heads, but two heads is better than one kind of, but I don't know. I still, uh, I think Funhouse is a better game. But um, I don't know a lot about this game. So it's a uh, Williams Williams, 1990s uh, super pin, you know, wide body for that time frame. And it has two talking heads in it. And instead of using optos for these talking heads and the ball movement or whatever, they use eddy sensors and eddy sensors notoriously go out of range and you have to adjust them with a little potentiometer on each of these little boards in there, three boards. And uh, it can drift over time. So they're all, they're notorious for getting out of spec, causing false hits, causing no hits. So it's uh, something you got to be on top of. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm perplexed. Explain to me what an eddy, like E-D-D-Y? Yeah, like eddy, right. So eddy current. And eddy current, is you, uh, you put a, a sensors mounted underneath the play field and they drill, they trim out a bunch of playfield wood and put it right next to so a very thin layer of wood between the ball running over it and the sensor a little maybe maybe an eighth of an inch of wood and this sensor can sense um you know metal or any kind of magnetic uh object going near it and said okay that's a ball hit it changes state and this little sensor can feel so it's like an electrified switch yeah, like like electrify, like if so when the ball rolls over the area, it makes contact yeah. and trips it. Yeah, it's like an electric field, and you disturb okay. the exterior. I, I, I never heard of that. That's why I'm asking. So, it acts like a switch, sort of. Sort it of, makes yeah. The circuit, but it makes the complete circuit not with two pieces of metal on the switch, but with the actual ball. That's yeah, the interesting. Actual, the actual ball. So it says, hey, something huh. changed. Therefore, something changed. The metal came into the area. It changed. Okay, register a hit. Hmm. Okay. That sounds like it would go out of spec easier than anything else. Yeah, it can. You know, then you, you know, you got to replace components and uh, all, all, any kind of you have little connector pins going to things that they can oxidize, creating more resistance. So you had more and more resistance, which fluctuates humidity heat blah 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 can just like throw these things out of spec and they're very uh very sensitive to be where they want to be in order to work properly so they can be kind of a kind of a headache but they are cool they use them in star trek next generation and you'll see in the um 
when the ball, the flipper feed lanes and the ball goes down, there's no switch there. There's no opto. There's no rollover switch. They use the same thing. They use any sensor switches there in the play field. It makes for a nice, neat play field and no, like nothing there. Like it's sort of magic, you know, when it goes over it. So it's kind of, uh, it's a neat little trick they do, but they stopped kind of, they did it for a couple of years and they realized it's problematic. So they really, not that I know of that. No one's really doing it. I don't think Stern's doing it anymore. I think that going with the tried and true opto is where Pete, where, you know, things are these days, opto and a micro switch instead of that. Hmm. How long do you think it had been since some tech or person worked on this machine? Sounds oh. like forever. Forever. He's had it for either over 15 years or so. Oh, he, got it, he got it on oh. eBay. He got an eBay, I think, from Michigan. And there was probably this is back in the heyday of the early 2000s when or maybe 2010 or so, when people were bringing back container loads of pins from overseas and getting them cheap, you know, maybe 500 bucks a piece or less or whatever, a whole container load. It would all come back over here and then restoration houses or shop at houses or flip it places would just kind of clean them up, send them out. And uh, not really do too much to them, just get them working and, and make a good profit on them. And the funny thing is nowadays, I think it's the opposite. Now games are being shipped back overseas again the past couple of years. So they keep, they keep making this ocean voyage back and forth every 10 years or so. Why don't you, uh, I'm going to switch subjects unless there's something else with this game that you want to talk about. Um, Oh, oh, one more thing. Um, with this game, they got, again, they got they got pretty creative. <laughs> I know, Jerry. One Stop more, it. One more thing, sir. One more. One more. Oh, yeah, sir. One more your, I think that's your new name. It is. I'm Columbo. One more thing, Dave. <laughs> um, all these type of games in the 90s, um, a lot of the DMD stuff, Williams Bally, they used opto switches for their flipper buttons. So their flipper buttons, instead of having like a real... Uh, tungsten switch or a low voltage gold gold contact switch and the, the flippers they would use an opto uh, interrupter so a little plastic hit a button the plastic would go out of the little u-shaped opto and say okay that's a that's a flipper hit so i noticed on this game this game has one right flipper and three left flippers so a upper flipper a mid flipper and a lower flipper on the left side and i noticed after i spent seven hours in this game it's like why are the upper two flippers working and the lower one is not it's like it's, it was dead then i went inside and say like, oh this is bizarre they for some reason they didn't have the parts or whatever so they they threw out the opto uh switch for the flipper on the left flipper side they hardwired in an old school tungsten switch assembly which is no good because if you're going to do that, use a, a low voltage one because it's not going to be sensitive enough. And, and so I pressed on it and I got the flippers to work, but I had to like totally just micro adjust this thing just right. And I told the guy it's working for now, but this thing isn't it. This thing's no good. I'm going to come back with, you know, the correct parts for this game. This, this game needs, you know, it needs to be unhacked. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was the first time I've seen that someone taking the opto thing out and going back to old school like 1980 technology what's the cost of an opto for a flipper like that uh, inexpensive yeah probably 15 20 bucks oh okay okay something like that yeah they probably just couldn't get it yeah they probably couldn't get it. they probably didn't make them they probably you know they they just and another thing that they do with all the uh, wiring and so forth oh here's another hack um 
they, you know, this has a bunch of different lighting circuits in the game. And so you have like, I think six different uh, GI circuits, general illumination circuits. And I saw they did some really hack wire in the back there. They kind of pressed the wires in with, and they're all like frayed out. I, I was amazed there was any light at all coming from this game. And then I saw some other wires underneath the game, kind of with wi uh, wire nuts, not soldered from here to here. And so it was kind of piggybacking on another GI circuit that's supposed to be all separate, but now they're doing, it's, it's requiring more power. That's why the guy had a bigger fuse. So I was like, oh, I just undid all that stuff and I did it the right way and unhooked. So I just like unhacked already some stuff, but it's, it's just amazing how the, the overseas games, what they did and how they just kind of, I guess just like, keep having to take a quarter as long as it takes a quarter we don't care what you do and it's one of those deals not unseen we've all seen it before let's uh let's shift gears for a minute all right you uh sent me a video and we talked about it the other night when you were here the mod that you did to your rolling stones and if you can believe this i had to go look that was four shows ago it seems wow. like yesterday, it but right, yesterday. four shows ago, and actually uh, one of our uh, most listened to shows. So thank you, folks. Why don't you tell the folks uh, a little bit about the mod uh, that you did? I thought it was a good one. I had played the game before you did it. I, I like what you did. So a buddy of mine who uh, uh, he's really good at, uh, you know, all his older code, Bally Code, Williams Code, Stern Code, all that stuff. And uh, he, he know he can read it like a book. He's been doing it for a while. So I reached out to him and said, hey, you know, I know you're busy, but uh, pretty please. This game is such a great game. It definitely needs, it needs a little tweaking. Like they kind of released it. I wish they, the designers had more time, the software people had more time with the game before they released it back in 1980. And, and you know, my friend is in the same page as me. He doesn't like all the Arduino stuff with Arduino boards basically can take like a Paragon or whatever and make it into play like a, a WPC game with all the different music and different hits and different, uh, different stuff. It just makes the game not like uh, it's supposed to be versus his way. Well, of it takes a, it, it takes a classic machine and turns it into a, a resto mod, as I would call it. You're bringing it yeah. up to, today's today's right sort of i guess right, right? kind of but it, for me for him and i it's like it's just i don't don't really care for it you know um and but you know that's why they make different flavors of ice cream it's someone's flavor it's not ours you know so he likes the you know doing tweaks to software that it would make sense from the designer standpoint like what would they if they had more time with the software what would they have done to add more features and more uh enhance it a little bit just a little, you know a couple of things that make sense tasteful mods let's call it you know same thing with tasteful leds you don't want to go too crazy and have clown puke leds right so so what we did is i said here are the things that this game really needs to make it harder because right now as it sits the game is you can just get a bunch of bonus up hit that saucer on the left-hand side and just keep rinse repeating collecting all day you'll be flipping that game over no problem uh, over a million points, two million points. If you get a really good good ball, um, you can just keep going. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you for a sec. I'm yeah. guessing it's one of the reasons why this game is probably not used in tournament play because of that exploit. Yep, I would I would imagine so because if you're a good player, you just keep going there and you just you can exploit it exactly. So I want we wanted to unexploit that, make that tougher, uh, along with some other stuff. 
So what we did is there's two ways to get bonus on this game. Uh, the first one is going those little backstage uh, pass areas, they call them. They're on the little little horseshoe loop-de-loops on the left and right side near the flippers there, up, up above the flippers. And you go through there a couple times and it keeps it brings your bonus up really quickly up until 19,000. After 19,000, it, stay, it stays there. And it can't get any higher and you just get a either if you throw it in that scoop up there the uh, saucer up there it'll score you 19,000 points but it, does, it doesn't reset back to one so the Gottliebs of that time frame they would always they would reset back to one so they go well, that's a great thing Gottlieb did so let's do that so when it goes in the saucer reset back to one so now you can you know fill the gas tank up empty the gas tank up you know and, and it's great so well, it's can, making it's making you work for the points rather than saying here's the saucer keep putting it in there you get nineteen thousand points right and so because once you get the other way once you get nineteen thousand points you're not going to bother hitting those horseshoe turnarounds anymore because they don't give you anything or hardly anything they don't get add your bonus anymore you can't get more than nineteen thousand points so it makes you have to shoot for other stuff it kind of deadens areas of the play field make you shoot other things um it, it kind of negates those things so we wanted to bring that so that was that's the that was the biggest bang for the buck in the software mods the next one we did was the two three and five times multiplier on the stock version you cannot um that holds over from, from ball to ball not selectable it's hardwired in once you get two times three times five times it stays it doesn't go away from ball to ball so i want to have that resettable so from ball to ball that will go back down to nothing go back down to one time so, so that's a dip switch right dip switch. yep you gotta earn that again no, that's that's another good mod i mean yep. a lot of other bali games have that but or bali games have that what did i say bali again jesus bali high <laughs> <laughs> um no that i mean some games you know have that setting others don't but that's a good mod for that game any uh any others the a lot of bali games from this time frame they all need these particular mods it kind of goes on all their games from this time frame, they all need to one degree or another, this kind of stuff. Um, the other one was a, the, is a 20, 40, 60 bonus holdover that you get, that you get from um, getting the one through five standups. So you get one through five the first time, 20, and that holds from ball to ball, then get it again, 40, get it again, 60. And that also gets score when you go in that saucer. So we were going to, I have it selectable so you can actually make that reset as well back to zero. So if you have 60 and then you go to the next ball, you go right back down to zero. It's very harsh one though. And he even told me, it's like, yeah, well, I can do it, but I bet you know, you're not going to probably use that one because it's too harsh. It's too, too punishing, you know? So yeah, you're, take, you're taking away some of the uh, foundations of the original game. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I think the other act, I think the number one is probably your best. Like you said, that's something that really should have been done. Yeah. That 19 that's, and that's the one that I kind of, when I did this for the customer's game and they were very pleased, they didn't expect me to do a software upgrade as well. So they were very happy with that. Um, that 19 down to zero, that's like the best bang for the buck. The, uh, and the other one that I kept as well um, on hers is the um, Valley games in this time frame. you're, special and extra ball were tied together so they're either worth points or they're both worth either a special and extra ball a free game and extra ball i mean or they're worth 
the special is an extra ball or an extra ball is an extra ball. Those are your choices. You can't separate them versus the Stearns of that time frame. You can separate them and say, okay, I want the special to equal 50,000 and I want extra ball to equal extra ball. Bally's a lot of times didn't do that until later on, maybe in the, uh, I think in the eighties or 81 era, they started doing that. But in the, in the seventies and in eighties, they didn't really do it for the most part. So I had them separate that. So the great thing about that is a lot of Bally games have specials on them. A lot of them. So instead of just, you know, in a home environment, what do you need to win free games for? You, you want points. So I, we did that. So now the specials are 50,000 points when you get them. And going through that little backstage pass horseshoe thing, you can get that racked up either side to a special pretty good by going through there. I think about maybe six, five or six times and you get 50,000 points for that. So that, that was another good one. Um, put it on. We did a, a free play mod on it as well. And what else do we do on it? Um, it sounds to me, Dave, that in that era of uh, game manufacture, they were more concerned with getting the games out the door and delivered and said, good enough. There's enough features here where most people won't even see. But now that these games have become home games and collector games, people now want a little bit more feature rich so they can change the game around and have a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more say in how the game is played. Well, I would think they should have uh, stopped the exploit even back in the day in that saucer so much, because if you're a root operator or you're an arcade and someone's stepping up the Rolling Stones and they just play a couple games or so and they get good at it, they can sit there all day and win games. When you flip that game over, it gives you three games. It goes pop, pop, pop. I'm, I'm laughing to myself because, I, because I'm guessing that you did that back in the day. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I won a lot of games in there. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of time on this game back in the day. So, uh, yeah, I, I could see, like you said, uh, I think you've said before, you'd build up uh, enough uh, games where you could sell them at half price and go play something else. Yeah, it was great. I got to play all day for for free after a while that was fun let's move to uh what you did yesterday uh and kind of this is kind of a filler episode folks because we don't have uh, a game ready to go but i believe you're getting close why don't you tell the folks what you did yesterday what did i do yesterday it's all a blur <laughs> you know what you did you went to visit our friend ah yeah, that's what I did. Right. Thanks, George. No, no, not our neighbor, our friend. Oh, no, I know. Our Yes, our friend. Correct. Yes. I need to go I'm working on Evil Knievel, uh, working on two of them, actually. One's going to be a, a CPR swap, and one's going to be a really nicely touched up uh, Playfield Protector one. Um, and they both have the same cracked plastic guide a clear plastic guide top left of the play field both crack the same area high impact area and i know uh, my friend john has a bunch of woodworking equipment all that kind of stuff and he could easily and i need to get one of these too i had one a while back and it broke i need to replace it um it's a little a band saw or a little or a scroll saw kind of thing so i can cut my own plastics so uh i said hey can i come over and just oh sure you know so i went over there and cut the plastics no problem um and uh that, that came out great and also i um i brought him i have a i have a bally tester for uh solenoid boards that that i put a board on a, a while back and the, the board was so so bad it blew up the thing 
So, and you know, who knows how to fix these things? You know, I have a schematic for them. It's, I even tried fixing a little bit saying, yeah, Hey John, you want to, you want to crack at this? I, I got a schematic. And uh, so I gave that Genius to John. He, uh, he, he's the right guy to give it to. He, he, uh, he's got a, he's got a, a brain on him. He, he, you know, he's an electrical engineer and he makes his own circuit boards. He makes his own, he did his own uh, light. Um, what's it called? The light, the light strips on uh, modern games. You can put them on the side of the cabinets and they kind of, it's like stadium lighting. Yeah. He made his own stadium lighting and color changing stadium lighting. He made his own, uh, he showed me his, his target alpha hybrid EM solid state hybrid. I played it. Like what a great job he did with that too. I mean, he showed me all about it. He played it. He showed me all the different circuit boards. And the, so typically with these games, with, with Gottlieb games from this time frame, the uh, mid seventies and early seventies, they would just do so many things to kind of scan across and get all the bonus points. So you get drop targets down. You'd be sitting there for, I don't know, it seems like minutes that when you lose the ball, you go, it's like just going and doing all this stuff. And a lot of times it was trying to do so much stuff, it would miss something and you wouldn't get the right scoring. And no matter what you do to adjust it and, re and rebuild things, it would still, is they just tax the thing with so many things to do that the engineers could only fit so much timing in a certain amount of uh, cycles. And it, it wasn't really accurate. So, you know, John of the rescue, he said, well, I, I think we can fix that. So he took that whole circuit out from Gottlieb and put in his own uh, microprocessor. And that does it. And when it, when it goes through, it scores the, po po the points right away, drop targets, reset right away. Everything's like instantaneous. And then with different, um, all different RGB lighting under the, under the uh, inserts to tell you what different status, what different points are worth, what, what, what targets worth, what. So he kind of made a nice, a nice game for himself that in fact, he, he might want to, uh, pot, we were talking about maybe bringing it to Pentastic. I was going to say, that's the place to have that game be shown. And he's maybe do a seminar. He's thinking about doing a seminar on it, you know, even but, better, you know, and I said, yeah, you should, but he's, he's afraid that people say, I want one, build me one. And he doesn't really want to, <laughs> you know, he's got to teach you, Dave. He's got to teach you how to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I would need some money for that one, but, uh, he's certainly not going to teach me. No, it, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. no. Thanks for that quick agreement. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> no, he uh, he'll probably he'll either, I bet you he'll either give the plans away or maybe charge something for the plans. But he has he has all the stuff that someone wants to do it. He has the stuff that you know. Here you go. Here's how you do it. And you know, if you're in, in mechanically, electrically, electronically inclined, you might be able to do it. But um, you got to be really motivated. Um, got to see his whole his whole collection. I, I haven't uh, been to his place in a while. And uh, yeah, got some, um, he's, he's did a stars, a stars uh, playfield swap. And it has, there's a new stars playfield and new rule set for that game that you can incorporate together. Pretty neat, makes the game, it doesn't go too crazy with making it just, um, you know, too far out of what it's supposed to be, but it, uh, it's like a rule enhancement. It makes, a, it makes it like a stars version too. And the playfield has these jeweled inserts. This has an alien. It almost looks like um, um, the, the like a Martian girl uh, that's uh, well endowed, you know, on the on the playfield right in the center there. Uh, a lot of jeweled inserts. Very colorful inserts. They change the insert locations where they where they go versus the original, and uh, it still has chimes. So who makes this playfield? Mm, 
Don't know. Doesn't matter. It's out there. I want to okay. say I want to say Mirko, but I'm probably wrong about that one. Uh, he's in the news again, guess, but, but maybe, we'll steer you know, clear of that. I maybe, guess he's maybe, going to. Uh, I guess well, he's going to Texas Pinball uh, Festival. I think he better bring an armored suit. There's a lot of people uh, I think uh, that want to have a little bit of a talk with him. Yeah, he, so John was approaching that too. He said, "Yeah, Merck. I must maybe it's Beehive Pinball made this made this play field. I'm not sure, I, I, but it, it's, out, it, it, it's out there. But he said that he's thinking the Merco fields and that kind of thing is." They're having problem with the ink adhesion to the wood for whatever changed it's and no matter if you put clear coat on top of it that's great but over time the ink will actually lift off and that's the problem is is um with these playfields now i have a couple of merco playfields i haven't done anything with them yet but sitting there they're fine maybe when you install them and start i would have I, okay this is a good lead-in yeah. i would have those probably re-cleared if there's an issue with the adhesion but again, I'm no expert. Would a clear coat even prevent that from happening? I don't think so. Because a clear because it's the lowest layer, right? Yeah, the clear is on top. The lowest layer is the no, I understand. I understand. But that leads me to unless unless there's something else you want to talk about. I want to talk about what I watched on YouTube yesterday. All right. There's a gentleman, I don't know if you know him. I'm familiar with him, a guy named Dave Brennan. He uh I know him because he's uh, been on uh, the Poor Man's Pinball podcast. He's a collector. He's actually the service manager for American Pinball for the last two years. I mean, that went by very quick. I remember when he got the job. But he was doing a clear coat on a Flight 2000 yesterday live. But here's the kick. He was doing it with a roller application. Hmm. Sounds kind of dicey. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, actually the guy, actually Dave knows what he's doing. Um, what he was saying is as long as you level the play field, he had a CPR repro that he was re-clearing. We won't go into that. Just let that sit. Okay. The, the, the play field itself was warped. So he had to level it. And what he said was, and everybody's going to ask me, what's the product he used? I, he didn't show it again, but he'll be on in the next couple of days. So I'll report back. But he said, as long as you put this on wet, it automatically self levels. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And he said, the biggest piece is the preparation, which he did with naphtha. You know, he basically sanded or scuffed it all up so it would, you know, take adherence. And he said, then it's all the polishing afterwards. He said, I don't care how good you are with laying out clear, whether it's by gun, roller, or anything else. He said, you're going to get orange peel. He said, go look at your car. He said, most finishes, you will find orange peel somewhere on your car because it the, the big piece in order to eliminate that is to buff it out or apply another level of clear and then buff from there. So when we talk about clear coating, I think the thing that people don't understand and they might learn something from this guy is how the process works. And it takes a, to do a really nice play field. We've talked about Bill Davis many times. It's how many coats of clear you need to put on 
and the sanding and preparation in between each one of those clear coats in order to get a really nice play field. It's laborious. I think this is the inexpensive way to do it, but let's face it, if you could get 90 or 95% of what a bill would do, that's a pretty good, I mean, it was all easy to acquire stuff. You had a paint tray. There was nothing complicated about it. I'm like, okay, that seemed pretty simple. What was the product? I mean, the, results, the results will be when I see when he's, you know, when he's actually sanding it and how much more goes into it. But I think it's going to come out okay. But what's the purpose of he's trying to get rid of a warp by adding more clear? No, 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 no. He just he just thinks that the CPR play fields have such a thin clear on it that they should have more clear on it and it'll give a better looking play field. I think he's worried about over time the wear of the coating that's on a CPR right now. Well, I'll tell you the wood. The problem is with is the wood these days. If you look at the wood of a play field back. No, I only so. mentioned that because you have you know the whole idea in doing it with a roller is. You have to have a level play field. If you don't, you know, the product will run in, you know, into that area where it's not level. You understand, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is, anytime you, if you don't use a two-part clear, it's not going to be nice and transparent. A one-part clear typically, and that's what he sounds like he's got, is not going to be, I don't know. Let's just We're going to find out. I'm, yeah. I'm not poo-pooing it until I see it. I'm just saying. If you're looking for a low cost method, let's face it. I mean, again, you do a lot of business, but you know, to the person who does it once or twice, I mean, some people get up to a thousand dollars to do a clear coat on a play field. I mean, you put that on top of an eight or nine hundred dollar play field. That's a very, very expensive play field. Yeah, I, I'd still like to get it. The if I, I know you, I get the professional I, this, one. I'm only bringing it to your attention because we talk about all this stuff all the time. And here's an it's it's just an alternative. I'm not endorsing it and I'm not saying it's it's bad. I'm just saying, hey, here's a creative way. This guy's a collector. He's this is no this is no somebody who just came into the hobby. This is somebody who's got automotive background. He seemed to he seemed to have a pretty, you know, a pretty extensive background. Plus, he's the service manager of a pinball company. Let's face it, you you know, that requires a lot of patience and knowledge. True. That's very true. So anyway, I mention it and you're not going to be happy. Guess what the name of the, guess what the name of his uh, YouTube channel is? Uh, Dave's, Dave's Arcade. Oh boy. Well, you know, <laughs> it's a popular name. Right. <laughs> He's part of the Dave Club. Okay. That's all right. So I, I only mention it because, uh, you know, I saw a Flight 2000 for sale. I think it was New Jersey. Did you see that one? seven thousand dollars wow so was it nice yeah it was a nice game okay but it's still crazy dollars nice. yeah right right well yeah, it's like i said to you uh i don't know about a week ago inventory is king you, you know what Speaking, I, getting I, the, I mean you're you're lucky right you're why you want to go there now well, a little bit. No, I was talking, speaking of Flight 2000, I was talking to John about that too. I, a nice company. I spent all afternoon with him over there. It was, it was a great time, you know, reconnecting and so forth and playing pin and all that kind of stuff. Um, talking about Flight 2000, because he doesn't like Flight 2000 at all. He doesn't get why people like that game. And I said, well, after having my Sea up and doing my thing with it, making, you know, I made it really, uh, did like a reshop on it. Um, 
I don't know. I just wasn't feeling the love for Sea Witch. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to, so I took it down. It's like, I'd rather have a flight 2000 up than a Sea Witch these days. You know, I, and he didn't get that. He, he didn't think he just thought flight 2000 was a one trick pony, but I, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I like that game. I like how it's, um, there's a lot of stuff going on with it. So. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about this. Haven't we? We never did a show on that game. So at some point in time, we'll, uh, you'll have it set up and we can play it. So, I'd like to talk about uh, our other friend, Mr. Stone. Mr. Stone. I, think I told you the other day I'm turning on Twitch and lo and behold, a new feed comes in and who's on, but Eric. And I'm like, okay. The name of the, uh, the site was bat cave pinball and he was playing the Batman 66, another crane game. I think we talked about, what crane did we talk about? One of them in one of the games. But it seems like there's quite a few of them now that have that. But the problem was I wanted to talk to Eric. He didn't have any texting. He had no way of knowing who was on and who was trying to communicate with them. So I didn't get to ask him any questions of whose site is this? What are you doing on, et cetera, and so forth. So... I know uh, we talked briefly that you had spoken to him. I'm guessing he's okay, right? You he didn't is. know anything about this, did you? I didn't know. No, he's uh, he's planning on um, doing the IFPA uh, World Champions World Championship down in Florida, uh, his own backyard arcade down there. So he's planning on hitting that. You know, and I was talking to John about you know these, these different pinball functions and different tournaments, and um, you know, there's a there's a huge league that's you know they go. Uh, the whole new England league, they go all the different Maine, Rhode Island, whatever that's was starting up again. And, uh, you know, besides you got to show, you know, proof of, uh, whatever, instead of the, you know, the regular proof, you know, you know, we're talking about that your papers, please proof. They're also now requiring proof of Ukrainian support. So that was an interesting thing. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. We, we don't need, we don't need to go there. So yeah, it was it was good to see Eric. Hopefully, the next time he's on, he's uh, he's able to communicate, and we can find out a little bit more about what's going on in the world of Eric. Stay tuned. We'll we'll figure out we'll figure that out. Let me see. What else do I have on my list here, Dave? Oh, we're talking about uh, tournaments. Let's talk about shows. Three of them coming up, and you and I talked about this the other night over dinner. Um, you're still planning on going to Pinbrew Fest. I'm even still, with the, even with gas prices approaching five dollars, uh, not going to be an inexpensive trip by any means. Yeah, I, I, and Maureen's like we're second. As you, as you were kind of thinking of like bowing out a bit, Maureen's saying, "Well, should we bow out too?" You know, because it's you know more wear and tear on the car, uh, gas prices and so forth, and it's going to be expensive going out there. Although the accommodations are cheap, everything else is really very reasonable. Yeah, it's not New England. I mean, hotel, I mean, I booked the hotel, I think it was like $100 a night. Yeah, the like 85 bucks, something like that, plus tax. Right, I mean, with fees and whatever, it was like yeah. under 100 bucks. It's yeah. like, that's cheap. Yeah. And, you know, the only expensive part really is getting there, um, which isn't crazy, I guess, if you really think about it. Some more money each way. I'm mm -hmm. guessing probably anywhere between 20 and $40 in gas, which, you know, if you go, if you're going to go, it's actually nickels and dimes when you really think about the whole trip. 
I think it's more than that in gas. If you got if you get like twenty miles per gallon, and I don't know how. Well, many... I get thirty some odd miles to the gallon. Yeah, so, not my um, car. <laughs> you're right. Right. Well, I'm saying I'll be at hundred bucks. For me, it's not way. too bad. Um, right. If you drive a a gas pig, yeah, it uh, it's going to be probably cons- you know considerably higher. I'll see. I'm I'm still fencing on that. It looks like a really fun show, and uh, I don't know if you saw the thread. Uh, I guess Chris Franchi is coming to the show. Not that that would mean a hell of beans to me, but it was nice to see somebody, uh, you know, from the art world there. Yeah, maybe he'll do some kind of cool design for something too out there. It'd be interesting if he does something for that. Yeah, I love his t-shirt that he did for uh, yeah. for Fantastic. So me too. we'll see. Great. Very controversial. Yeah, maybe, maybe great. I would think that that's probably part of the gig, but we'll find out. Yeah, and then we've got, you know, two more shows coming up in early uh, May. We've got uh, Pinfest down in Allentown. And I'm I'm probably going to end up going to that. Uh, I had fun last year. I know you're probably going to go as well. Oh, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. And then the end of June, we're back to Pintastic again. And I said to myself, we just did a show on that. Are people going to listen to us pontificate? But that seems to be a, a show people like to listen to when we do our games coming to the show and our review of those games. See, people seem to like when we do that. So stay tuned. That's upcoming. Yeah, that'll be fun. It's basically, if we hit if we hit all these shows, that's one show a month. You know. Oh yeah, we've got months. instant content. Content that makes it easy for us. It's everything in between. And I was thinking, I'm like, oh, I was reading on Pinside this morning, somebody lamenting yet again that uh, they had a burned out embryon. And I'm like, you know, this has been discussed so many times. I'll ask you, we, we really haven't talked about this. I'm wondering if anybody is going to do a hard top, a decal to go over the burned out area and that, you know, bonus ring up top mm-hmm. or i doubt anybody will ever do a play field for it just because it's a wide body i don't hold out hope for that what do yeah, you think or even a play field protectors they don't really do too many wide body play field protectors either because it's a whole different uh right but i have artwork missing i need some you know i need some help underneath i know you know that could be accomplished but i really would like i mean if you could find one i'd really like a nice play field but I'm not holding out hope. And actually, I saw one for sale recently. And I thought it was pretty reasonable. Uh, 2500 bucks for one. And it looked it looked pretty nice. It wasn't all burned down. I'm like, well, that's not a bad price for that game. I don't know how much interest there is. But that's one of the games that you and I need to do. We did. We attempted to do it early in our career. And I cringed when I went back. I cringed yeah, when I went back out. to listen to it. <laughs> oh, it was, aw- it was awful. Yeah. Awful. We're not perfect, but I think we're a lot better than uh, early parts of uh, our podcast. I'll just say that. I also have, I also, the same person who did my software mod for uh, my other Bally games, he, he did an early software mod for my Embryon that um, when you have two balls out, two ball multi ball, you're getting double play field values. But how, it's not even anything I shoot for in that game. That's like if it happens, it happens. But well, that's, that's, see, that's what makes it good because in Fathom, you get when two balls are out, it's two times play for the value. When three balls are out, it's three. Right. No, I, I understand. I'm just I saying, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. In, if I play 10 games, if one of those games has an extra ball, it, it, it might be it. And I'm saying playing a good game and, you know, 
going through the thresholds, etc. I usually don't play the game that way. That's not something like other games where you want the multi-ball. It's not something I'm trying to, to obtain. It's a weird game that needs, um, uh, I don't know, a certain appreciation from someone that would like this kind of game. Because the, the problem is in the middle of that game, it's a big blocking blocking tackle there you you're basically shooting left and shooting right but you're not really shooting center you're always shooting left and right at things versus other games you're shooting up the center a lot of times and not really this you do it in this game and you can be asking for trouble it's gonna might go right down the set right down the middle so you typically don't shoot the brain shot you're kind of going left and right i, I find on it but uh, is it? i would i would agree you don't want to hit that center target until you've gotten enough bonus or have gotten to a comfort area and then you'll start hitting that thing because there's nothing else to really do on the game. It is. It's a big waste of space. I'll just say it. And it was a controversial game back in the day, you know, Embryon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, think, was it's not still, I think it's not. Let's put it this way. I don't think it's a family friendly game. No, not really. <laughs> not really. Yeah, the evolution of life probably doesn't go very well with a lot of people. You know, there's other certain games too, like, you know, um, what's the one from. Um, Devil's Dare, Gottlieb, System 80. That's not family friendly either. A big, huge devil. Yeah, in the big back devil left. head. Big devil head. You know? And not like a nice friendly one, like from uh, uh, Fireball Classic or something. It's like, okay, it's kind of cartoony. And, you know, it looks like a friendly, you know, just up to some mischief devil. Now, this devil looks like he's, he's going about to eat your heart and freaking stomp on your soul or something. Yeah. So, Satan's, not, Satan's not a big seller. Not a big seller. Well, um, yeah, we've, some kind people of, the guy. we've kind of postponed this long enough. Let's get into the, the meat today. All right. You've heard folks before that uh, Dave is in the process of having a rush delivered to him. Well, uh, I'll let the cat out of the bag. Dave was contacted by his distributor. And in the next couple of days, we're recording on Sunday. In the next couple of days, Dave is going to take possession of his game. I'm going to let Dave start and talk about what we planned on doing and if he's still holding true to what we discussed the other night. So the floor is yours, Dave. So I was talking to you, George, about this and also was talking to John about this. And uh, you clued me into certain things that, you know, um, some people are having various things they like to have modified on the rush pinball machine that's having some issues and they, you know, so this, the scoop, you know, it's always getting banged up and the stern keeps trying to inside is on fire on fire talking about, about this particular item. And I don't and, think I've seen anything. Well, yeah, there have been other controversies, play field controversies, but this is the latest and greatest. I would say, would you agree? I agree. And, and I, I think they have a valid point. And I, I looked at pictures after about a, you know, a couple, you know, 10, 15, 20 plays like oh, already, you know? So it got me kind of like, yeah, instead of like having a little unboxing and playing, let's have a little party and play the crap out of it. So, yeah, I'm thinking first we, you and I were talking, I was like, well, why don't we just like roll the box in and be like Indiana Jones at the end of the movie. And you roll it back in the catacombs until it's, ready to play you know when, when everything's all worked out in uh software and and manufacturing here's some cliffy protectors for it and blah 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 um and i was talking to and that john about it, he says oh you know what you still should do it just don't play it leave it virgin just you look at it or maybe you know you can kind of 
test out a little bit, but no, you could restrain yourself from that. Oh, uh, you know what I would at least do? They make a, they just released a playfield protector for it. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to install one of those in this game. I'm going to install a playfield protector. Oh, I didn't know that. No, yeah. that would be, but continue because I know somebody came up with a, a fix that seemed pretty reasonable that you could put on. And then when a really good option comes up. You oh yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So that, right. So there's all different options. You know, Stern's option was like putting two big shoulder pads on the side of the thing. Oh, what is that? It looks, that it looks, looks, it looks like piss ugly. I, I it not, not looked like it looked Terrible. like a uh, oh, what did they call them? A tackling sled from the NFL. These big pad. It, it's terrible. What a hokey fix. Bad. Someone on pin, someone on Pinside made a great comment on it and said, "I want to thank um, Mrs. Fleischer's third grade class for coming up with this solution." <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it even more succinct. You don't go out and buy a twelve or thirteen thousand dollar machine to have that as the fix. No, it's, it's kind of insulting. Let, let's just say it's not elegant. <laughs> no. That would be an understatement. And it's not, and you, it makes the shot even hotter on the left side to shoot up. There's a little narrow place to shoot. It makes it even narrower to shoot that long shot up the left. So. I like another guy. So people are saying, oh, we need to get a Cliffy or a Mantis protector, they, but they're not, they're not making them yet. People are, they're, they're still, you know, they're hoping they do and they probably will. But this other guy said, you know, I have this, uh, this vinyl, clear vinyl film you use on cars to when you're going to put it in the front of the car to stop for uh, stone chips and that kind of thing. Right. You know, and I had the materials. I put some in my car and it's nice, thick mylar. And I'm thinking you could just like form that over that whole little scoop area there and have it all you know inside and around it so so the ball is never going to hit wood anywhere around it. it's going to hit this vinyl and i'm thinking that might be a nice little fix for it and it's uh it'll look good too it uh, you know yeah no i i studied those pictures and i think i might have been wrong when we had this discussion the other day is the wear inside the scoop or is it around the surround of that scoop both. protector both and are both of those scoops joined together in one yes. spot yeah they're both. i really took a long time looking at it and i'm like first of all why would you put two scoops together like that well two scoops and, and then when you look at the manufacturing of those scoops they look pretty chintzy i think the designer was a, a fan of post raisin brand has two scoops in every box <laughs> and i'm bummed oh, oh boy. another dad, dad joke jokes. oh my god <laughs> uh, okay it's brutal but uh you know so yeah two scoops there uh, one is south and one is south facing and one is east facing uh all in the same right in the same area right there and um the one in the front, and this, the designer, he did the same thing on uh, on the new Kiss game, too. That thing is in the same area, and it gets beat up the same way, the same size scoop. So I, I, think, the, I think the way out of it is that clear vinyl. Um, I'm thinking right now until these other things are developed. But I, you know, I don't really want to play the crap out of it anyway because I, I want to replace all the black rubber. I can't believe they're still using black rubber on these games. It just causes dirt and looks nasty. They must have bought a million pounds of that oh, stuff. Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, it's, it's junk. It's not, even, it's not even silicone. 
So I'm going to put on uh, on clear silicone rings and colored posts and some colored flipper rubber on it as well and a play film protector and, 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 and then I'm looking through all the different mods people are doing for little tasteful mods. Like they're doing the little Dalmatian with the uh, lit fire, fire hydrant. It's, that's for the signals album. And then a little bunny coming out of a lit bunny coming out of a top hat. That's the Presto album. So little things like that are cool. So there's some mods that they come out that I like. Other ones like, nah, I don't need it. That's kind of a little hacky. Um, but there's other um, people keep coming up with different things. So with the I have three mod, mods I want to talk to you about. Okay. First one. Are you going to buy a Tibetan breeze? I was just looking at that. And I might, I th- you know what? I think I, I installed it for a customer a while back for on, on one of these Stern games. Um, well, that was, you remember when we first talked about it, right? Where we almost died. No, why don't we... We, were dri- remember we were driving to Lake Winnipesaukee ah, and the guy yeah. swerved in and that's yes. when we were talking about yeah. Pinball Monk. Pin Monk, right? Isn't that who makes it? Yeah, yep. That's that's one mod. So, okay, so you're you're thinking about it. The second one, which I thought was a great mod, did you see this bezel mod for the area with the uh, the light bezels between the two flippers? There's an area, I, I don't remember the nomenclature, there's a couple of planets and then there's like four or five different light bezels. They created a, a, a mod, I guess underneath, I don't know, there's some kind of uh, electronics. It's not just a light board or maybe it is a light board. Again, I, when you get your game, I wanna look at some of the things because I really don't know the insides of a, of a modern Stern other than when you were repairing that Led Zeppelin. Um, but for 30 bucks or 35 bucks, this guy made a light bezel where you can put really colorful lights in there to make it look, and it stands out a lot nicer. You can go out. I think it's a, I don't know who makes it. It might be a, it might be a pin bunk, but it looked pretty good. So basically it lights up your flipper area. No, there's bezels there that tell you to do certain things and the way he described it is i put colors in those bezels so when you get to a certain mode you can do the equation of oh that's the red one because they're kind of pale go out and look um okay i'm probably not doing a great job describing it but when you look at it you go oh yeah that's a pretty good mod and a cheap one i mean something that you don't see but i thought that was a pretty decent mod for the game when you say something i would look at when you say bezel, though, what is what's what bezel are we talking? You know, about? like the light, um, you know, where the light shines through, and it says, "Oh, you need to do X, or you just performed X," and it lights up. Oh, oh, you mean like a insert, an insert lighting? Yeah, like a light insert, right? Okay, I call an insert. It a bezel, same thing. Oh, okay, in, all right, okay. Sorry, insert. Okay. Wrong oh. words. Oh, okay. So he's basically saying the light lights up, but it only says an RGB light in there that will light up yeah. a certain thing. Go, go out and look at it. We can talk about it again. But okay. I thought that was a good one. The other one that I saw, uh, I didn't write it down, but I remember it was, uh, did you see the drumstick mod somebody came up with? I did. It. Maybe I saw version one, but I didn't care if it looks like it's tie wrapped on there and a couple of drumsticks and then call it done. Is that pretty much what it is? Or is some, am I missing something? No, it actually, he made a, um plastic you called it a wrap um it's you know two half circles that come together 
and you can mount the uh, a pair of drumsticks in there that I guess Neil, what's his last name? Perth? Uh, Pierre. The drummer? Pierre. So okay, people whatever. say Neil Perth, it's Pierre, I think. Pert, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, so you can mount the style drumsticks he had. Um, it's a holder. No, it didn't look bad. It's not, it's not a zip tie. It would look horrible if it was a zip tie. But this was something didn't look too bad. Because you can buy those Neil Peart signed drumsticks pretty Oh, cheaply. yeah, they were like 15 bucks. 15 bucks. They, they were cheap. It, it's, it's, I thought it was a cool-looking mod. I mean, yeah. it's not like Guns N' Roses where, you know, the ball is traveling like a, a lane guide. Um, but I, I thought it was, you know, it gave a little authenticity to the game, I guess. Do you get the sticks as well with the mod or just the No, whole? no, you got to buy. No, he's not giving them away either. Those two little plastic pieces were like 35 bucks. I, I don't see the value. Yeah, mm. it was expensive for what it was. But for right. 40 or under 50 bucks, you could put a set of, you know, a pair of drumsticks on your play field. Not mm. a bit, not a bad mod. Tempting. I, I, I like the, how they incorporated in um, Guns N' Roses, how they did on that one was pretty cool. Um, right. I think that's. Well, the, I'm sure they couldn't just do a straight off copy. They could have, I guess, but. They could have, why not? <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, it would it would have been cool to have more uh, drum stuff in it like that, but um, but yeah, it's not a bad idea. I I'll think about that one. Yeah, we kind of went a little long on, on this, and folks, sorry. You know, I guess you're gonna have to wait until Dave sets the game up and does some mods. But you were also talking about some inside art blades. I'm guessing uh, the game also comes with side. Uh, what do they call those things that go around the flippers? side armor is that what that's called oh yeah come to side armor that's already on there uh um, right i mean the got, game pretty much oh i know what i forgot what? are you gonna put in uh, the pin woofer thing yeah, that looked pretty i have with that all the I, dials on it so i guess you can dial oh, yeah. in the sound on it yeah i already ordered that i got it right here yeah i'm gonna install that i'm gonna install that i got my own uh subwoofer as well to add to it as well to have sit below the game so plenty of plenty of rock and sound coming out of it yeah, the person who did that write-up on the game when they uh, unboxed their LE, I thought they were—I I thought they were very honest in their opinions. Yeah, um, yep. he, he didn't—he didn't crap on it, but he—I don't think he gave it a ringing endorsement. I'd say a strong B plus, A minus. Yeah, yeah. Some people like love the game, and, and it's the best game ever. Um, I'm just, you know, I'll reserve judgment to actually play it, you know, but um, I do like the band and uh, it's, it looks pretty good from what I'm seeing so far. So, you know, I'll definitely play it. I just hope it's not Everything gonna be... I've listened to, everybody seems to, you know, be in the same camp. If you're a fan, you're probably going to like the game. Um, as simple as that. Yeah, I think I so. I only have one other item on my list, unless there's something else you want to talk about, Mr. One More Thing. Oh, yeah, Mr. One More Thing. Well, let me see. Did I write down any ideas here? Oh, yeah, I got one more thing. Let's go back to uh, Rolling Stones for a second. So when I set the Rolling Stones up at the customer's house after I had it for a while, it was their game, and went through it, restored it, came out great, play tested the crap out of it. And every time I, you know, for days I'd be playing it, it'd be great. And then I go back to one day, and it's like, oh, this one other little thing, like the flipper would stick up. I'm like, why is it sticking up for? And I realized what that was was, a couple of little iron filings when you're filing some flipper contacts 
even though I was really careful about having it clean, they kind of dropped down after a while from playing it so much that it caused the flipper to go up because it was sort of shorting out a little bit. So I fixed that, delivered it. And uh, while I had it on, I was talking to the customer about things. All of a sudden I heard the game just like shut down and reboot and come back up. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> I can't believe this game. <laughs> and I rebuilt the whole transformer assembly and everything i rebuilt that no you didn't even give the game back right away you wanted to play i I want to play it i want to play the because i don't want uh, when i deliver a game i want to be totally fine and no issues and i want it to be you don't want to come done i don't want to go back so and the good thing he's only like five or ten minutes away from from my shop so um we're talking some more and then i and then it's like hold on a second i I rebooted it and it came back and i did it again then i re and then all of a sudden it wouldn't turn on It, it wouldn't it wouldn't boot go it's like, you know what? And I brought boards with me just in case these things can happen. And you never know when your game's traveling. You might bang, bang it a little bit. I brought other boards with me and I even tried a new saw on a driver board. And maybe there's a five volt and that isn't quite right. Nope. It was not getting. But, what? <laughs> what? but did you have the right board? No, I did not. I did not. So, <laughs> so I, so what I did is I, I took um, the five volt, the five volt saw driver did not fix it. It's like, oh, so I, I said, okay multimeter let's go check the transformer board am i getting yeah i'm getting all the voltages except for i'm not getting my five volts that that powers you know the mpu that ain't it's not there so it's like a, a, a bad bridge but these bridges are brand new so so it's like okay was I'm it a gonna, brand new board no but it's a rebuilt board i rebuilt it no right okay well, all, all brand new bridges i'd be more incensed if it was a brand new board yeah, and John was telling me that too. It's like you can get brand new boards for those transformer boards for like sixty bucks, including well, brand used new. Used to be even cheaper. I mean, but try to find one. There, some some manufacturers have them. A lot of them have been sold out. Like I think I talked about uh, uh, the Weebly board. They yeah. have one, and for the longest time, you couldn't even. All you could buy was the blank. He didn't even have all the components for it. I don't know if that's changed, Andrew. Um, but he was the least expensive. I think you could buy it shipped into your house. You used to be able to buy it for like 45 or 50 bucks built. You didn't even have to build oh, it. built. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Right. Pimble, Pimble life built. is like 60 bucks. If you go Pimble out life. onto some of the other websites, I won't say they're closer to a hundred bucks or more. Wow. Because for the, wow. they're in short supply. Right. Uh. Yeah. So, so what, I, so what I did, it's like, you know what? I'll be right back. Cause I know I have. I, I keep a whole freshly rebuilt transformer assembly for these Bally's games. I always keep one extra one that's rebuilt, good to go. So I knew I had another rebuilt one. So I went went back home and I feel like it's kind of like a, it's a Julia Child moment. You know, Julia Child, you know, she did the thing. She put the little souffle into the oven over here. And about two seconds later, she goes over the other oven, pulls it out, and it's all done. And as a kid, it's like, wow, it's like she has like a magic oven. She puts it in here and over here, fresh baked souffle comes out. It's all good to go in like two seconds so i felt i kind of felt like a julia child moment there it's like well i have a freshly built transformer board let's throw that in there and boom the game came up now so now here's the here's the head scratcher i i and, and i rebuilt all the connectors too in these things too so it wasn't a connector thing i brought the transformer board back home the one that rolling stones wasn't wasn't happy and put it on my bench and tested it and all the voltages are there they're all, they're all there. The five volts is now the, now, now the bridge is saying, oh, I'm fine now. So basically, I think it's like a flaky bridge or something. So I'm going to be just taking that out anyway because I don't trust Deep it. Deep enough component. Just yank it and throw yank it. it. Yank it, throw it, throw another one in. Yep. 
That's what I'm gonna do. Right. That's what I would do. I don't trust it. Okay, I, I have one last thing. Unless you unless you have more to add to that. Yeah, how about um pinball machines in the future? What about a warrior's pinball machine? All right, you don't like that one. How about Motley Crew? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you know, Warriors. Warriors come out and play. You know, from the uh, 80s. Uh, it was basically the, the, nope. from, the, from the 70s. Nope. No, you don't remember nope. that movie? Okay. Nope. Well, look up that. You need watch that movie sometime. That was actually. I watched great. a couple of movies this week. Uh, some better than others. The one that you probably have watched. I don't remember watching it when it came out. Um, Network. You know what? I've only seen bits and pieces of that movie. Not a bad movie. Yep. Um, so no, I'm not familiar with Warriors. Although Wag the Dog is a good movie, especially these days. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's that's on the list. I have one last item. Let's uh let's end with this. Sure. Are you familiar with the town Pigeon Forge, Tennessee? That sounds familiar somehow. It should. And why is that, George? Because it's the home of Dollywood. Ah, speaking okay. of which, I got to go work on a dolly and put a playful protector in out west sometime soon. Oh, cool. I would like to own that game, but one's coming in. They don't, I'm, seem, to, I'm gonna, they don't uh, seem to come around too often. This guy, this this guy has two of them. I took, but I think we talked. I think we talked about this before. He has two dollies, and uh, you know. And uh, I'm going to be restoring one up for him. The other one is like a nice, beautiful one he got, uh, museum piece that wasn't played at all, that he wants me to put a playful protector on uh, where it sits up there. So I'm going to go out there and make a run and do that at some point. And then he's going to bring me his, his ratty dolly machine that I'm going to restore up for him. Oh, okay. So we're going to have an opportunity uh, at some point in time to play it. Anyway. Oh, there is. Okay. This, this story isn't about Dolly. Yes. It's actually about Guy Fieri. He's opening a giant arcade bar and restaurant in Pigeon Forge. That's sort of the story. Have you ever been? To, I'm guessing you've never been to Pigeon Forge. I haven't either. I've been close, but I've never been. Um. Why is it he doing it there the for? It's the arcade mecca of the United States. It is. How do you know that? No, I have no idea. I said, I said, question mark, it is. <laughs> oh, 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 it is, question mark. Um, I went out to do a Google search. I'm guessing there's four or five arcades there. Now, my guess is, I did see a picture of a pinball machine in one of them, but your guess is probably what my guess would be that these arcades are probably kitty gambling halls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would guess, but I think I found that inter- at least, Hey, at least there's arcades. You don't see those too often. No, you do see like barcades, you know? Um... And that's one we haven't visited yet. The one that Mitch runs, what's it called? Bullseye bulls run. Bull S. Bull S. I think it's called Bull S. <laughs> In Beverly. Bull, bull shite. It's something like, it's got something to do with darts. They got 15 new sterns, I think. Oh. And they have beer on tap. So we should, 
we should make a pilgrimage there at some point in time. Mm, it's a possibility. That so that's that's all I got. I mean, for something that I didn't think we would fill 20 minutes with, we went a little longer than normal, but uh, we tend to be a little verbose at times. Yeah, we uh, this, this should after you do a little cutting and uh, cutting and splicing and whatever you uh, in, in George's magic uh, tech area. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Do, I'm I'm resigned now. Unless you say something or I say something, it's for the most part freewheeling. Okay. I'm done trying to super edit this stuff. And I've heard. I know you've heard me say this time and time again. I see some of our uh, pin or pin our pin podcaster brethren are starting to do the same thing of, I don't really give a crap. I'm just going to let it fly. So maybe we are making impact, Dave, even with our small band of, uh, I think we of, are well, of pinballers. We're, well, uh, we're trying to change the world. One pinball person at a time. Early on. Remember I said, uh, other pod, other people podcasters, your show prep has begun. <laughs> remember? Well, there's nothing to talk about. I mean, you know, we alluded to it with uh, with Keith when we did the uh, the last broadcast with Barry Ausler, and then uh, and then uh, what was it? The uh, oh, the P3 Multimorphic game. Uh, God, I'm not drawing a blank. The guy who does the song parodies. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm having a brain. Uh, it is, uh, hold on, hold on. It is, um, what the frick is his name? <laughs> I, he, oh, I had it. What the frick is a guy's name? Weird Al. Yeah, Weird Al. <laughs> so Weird that's Al. Not what everybody's talking about, but it's a real shame what I heard with Barry Ausler. You probably didn't hear this. Um, they basically said he was working for Deep Root and his he, he had been going through, I guess, cancer treatment for the last seven or eight years. His uh, benefits were cut off and he didn't have any medical benefits and the guy ended up dying. Really? Pretty weird. Yeah. That's why, would, I, why was it cut off for? Well, because Deep Root went deep six. Ah. Oh. I know you don't follow all this stuff, but the long and short of it is the guy that that's a horrible story. But we didn't know it, you know, it had just happened when we, you know, started talking about it. It happened like that morning or that, you know, the night before nobody knew anything about it. So yeah, that's a shame. So that's sorry to end it on Debbie Downer, but that's uh well let's we'll go on. Well speaking of weird Al. What a nerdy. Oh, okay. So I'm not familiar with this. What song is that based on? Riding Dirty by Flo Rida. That's why I don't know it. Okay. Okay. The Flo yeah, Rida don't know how to spell Florida, so he calls it Flo Rida. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> okay. Everybody's got to have a shtick. Yeah. Okay, Dave. Say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. And until next time, this is the good doctor, Dr. Dave and George. Bye, everybody.